0: Go to Bluehost dot com, Slash Wonder Suite.
1: How are you now? Cool. How are you? Right now, We're back. It was a bit of a long break, wasn't it? I don't really do much during the All-Star break, of course, other than the, the episode that I recorded with Jared for the, uh, the Sean Monaghan trade. Uh, there really was no activity, uh, not much of anything going on for us on the channel. Uh, but we are back. Your Montreal Canadiens are back. And we're here to talk a little bit about... The Habs taking on the Washington Capitals in Washington in their return from the All-Star break. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, we got a lot to get to uh, in this one because uh, it was quite the game. Obviously coming off the Monaghan trade, the Habs uh, lineup was a little bit crippled. They uh, signed and called up uh, Brandon Gignac. They had Lucas Condata up on the roster. They had basically going into this game, the expectation uh, was that Jake Evans would be their second-line center. So you look at that roster and you think there's not really much of a path to victory for them in in basically any game. It looks like a tanking roster. So what are they going to offer up against the Washington Capitals team that probably still thinks they're in the mix for a playoff spot. I think they went into that game seven points out. Still a chance, definitely still a chance, uh, if an outside one at that. So we're going to get to the recap, get to everything else that happened in that game. But first, it is playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, BetOnline, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online to join today and get in on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And your Montreal Canadiens started their game a heck of a lot better than I was expecting them to. Last time that they had a bit of a break, <clears throat> they came out of it looking like absolute dog shit. Uh, I I don't even want to go and look back at that game whatsoever and tell you the stats or anything. But it seems like this team has trouble getting up for games when they've had multiple days off leading up to that game. Well, they had more than multiple days off. They had a full week off this time. And they actually go out there in the early goings not looking bad at all. They're looking like the better team. They're getting way more offensive zone time, but it takes some time for them to get anything out of that. But eventually they do. We get a nice defensive play from Cole Caulfield. He takes it into the offensive zone and puts a beautiful saucer pass, just beautiful sauce, over to the other side to Nick Suzuki, and he snipes it. Rolls reversed a little bit on this one, but it's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Who gives a shit? Who made the pass and who scored? It was a beautiful goal. Great play by two of the best players, two, the two best players on the team. Very shortly after that, though, it's Arbor Jacki taking a point shot. It goes off the post. I think it went off of Cole Caulfield's skate afterwards and ricocheted right over to Nick Suzuki on an absolutely terrible angle. And he still manages to put it in past Charlie Lindgren, former Hab Charlie Lindgren, I might add. And it's 2-0 for your Montreal Canadiens. And a little later, Raphael Harvey Pinar gets the puck after a face-off down in the corner, throws it into the slot for Michael Pizzetta. He gets a shot through traffic, and it's 3-0 Charlie Lindgren, his night is over at that point. The Habs have a 3-0 lead very early in this game. Now, that's all she wrote for the first period. The Habs take a very big edge into the dressing room for intermission. And I started to think, you know, I'm looking at the shot clock, and it was like 13-6 to six or something in favor of the Habs, and I'm like, this is too good to be true. This team fucking blows at holding leads. What's going to happen in the second period? And guess which version of the Habs show up in the second period. The absolute worst version of them. The one that absolutely loathes having anything resembling a multi-goal lead and decides to leave the fucking building the moment that they get one. And, you know, they hung Samuel Montembeau out to dry in that second period. I, I don't give a shit what anybody says... Um, I mean, they're looking like the better team for the first minute or so and then just the the, the lead brain kicks in and they're getting chance after chance, the Capitals, that is. They're getting shot after shot. It's just an onslaught and a lot of offensive zone time for the Caps as well at that. And eventually they break through. A point shot gets stopped. Dylan Strome gets the puck, throws it out to the other side to Alexander Ovechkin. The Habs are coming off of a line change. Nobody knows who's covering who and literally nobody picks up Alexander Ovechkin. He scores his 10th of the year, gets him one closer to Wayne, and uh, it's 3-1. to one. Now, the Habs managed to hold on for the remainder of that period. They all owe a significant amount of stick taps to Samuel Montembeau for the fact that they managed to get out of that period with the score 3-1. to one. Um, And they get into the third period, they need a. They just need a better effort. Right? If they want to hold on to this one, if they want to get a win, um, which Team Tank probably doesn't want them to, but if they want to get a win, they need to play just better, just better you know play like an actual hockey team when you have a lead. You know, continue to do the things that made you successful in the first place. Don't just abandon everything that was working in favor of sitting back and hoping that your goaltender can steal it for you. And uh you know to their credit they do in the third period they play start playing significantly better. They're playing less in their own zone, uh still looking a little bit like that team that likes to blow big leads all the time, but you know they're they're actually pushing it up ice a little bit and uh not nearly as anemic as they were in the second period. And then You know, we get a little bit into that period, and guess what? The Montreal Canadiens manage to extend that lead. They're on a line change. Jake Evans uh, just has a little drop pass in the offensive zone over to Uri Slavkovsky. He walks in, a little toe-drag release. Top ched, far side. It's 4-1 for your Montreal Canadiens on a fucking laser beam from Uri Slavkovsky. And then seconds after that, (laughs) seconds after that, Slavkovsky was still on the ice. Offensive zone draw for the Caps. They win it. Rasmus Sandine gets a one-timer from the top of the circle. And he also goes top, Ched. And it's 4-2. to two, And I'm like, Ugh, we're right back to a two-goal lead. We, we can't just keep it at three for a little while. But then just a few minutes later, Anthony Mantha takes a stupid roughing penalty. Uh, he just punches Johnny Kovasevic in the face for no apparent reason. And the Habs extend the lead yet again. This time it's Mike Matheson up at the point. He sells the shot super hard. Super hard. He sold that shot to everybody in the fucking building. Slides it over to Uri Slavkovsky at the face-off dot. Claps it far side five to two. That's the first multi-goal game in the career of Uri Slavkovsky. Very young career, um, but uh, first multi-goal game of his career. And just like that, the Habs are up five to two. That would be, in fact, your final score of the game five to two in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. Nothing doing from there. Um, honestly. Uh, I'm surprised. I, I was expecting coming off of a break like that and and coming into the game with a, almost basically an AHL lineup with one good NHL line on it. Uh, I was expecting a lot worse. I, I was expecting them to potentially give OV like a real slump buster there and, and let in like four goals from him. You get him a little bit closer to the great one. But, um, you know, they, they actually did a good job limiting his opportunities. And uh, they like I said, came into the third period and played a lot better than they did in the second. They could have, they could very well have come out and, and played the third period similar to the second and blown that lead entirely, and I don't think anybody would have been surprised. The, the way that this team plays when they have a lead is pretty brutal. It has been pretty brutal this season, and um, I don't, I really don't think anybody would have been surprised if they somehow managed to, to squander that entire lead in the third period, but they didn't. And they came out and they played a lot better. Um, they got a couple extra goals, uh, to, to, you know, really seal the deal. And I, I give credit to them. You know, I, I, I'm not necessarily cheering for victories at this point. I think a lot of us probably want this team to tank. A lot of us probably want to see them with a better draft pick. So team tank, I'm speaking directly to you right now. Um, I, I think we got to take this one for what it is. I think they got more value out of a win in that game, more value out of how they won that game than they would have. You know, not getting those two points. I know two points in February does absolutely nothing to help them make the playoffs. And it does even less to help their draft position. But the way that they got those two points is what's important. And that brings me to my players of the game. That's right, players. Because it's going to be more than one for this particular effort. Number one, we got to go with the guy that started it, that got two goals early in the first period. Uh, We're going with Nick Suzuki, the captain, the all-star of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, wasn't sure what to expect from him again, coming off the All Star break. I thought he's the one guy that that didn't get uh, to go and have a vacation, uh, go down south to Mexico or whatever, and and you know, rock a few beers with the boys. He he had to go and he had to go to Toronto and he had to be part of the All Star game, which I really don't think a lot of players want to do that anymore. But the problem is you're threatened with a suspension, which means you're gonna lose a bunch of money if you don't go. So. You know, you got to suck it up and you got to go and you got to participate. I think he had three apples in the game. I didn't watch it. I don't fucking watch the all-star game. I think it's dumb, Uh, but it's not made for me. So, you know, it's fine. Go ahead and have your all-star game. Glad that he got to go and experience that. Wish he could have had a vacation, but you know what? Maybe I don't wish he could have had a vacation because he came out and played a fantastic game against the Washington Capitals. He was flying out there Um, right from the opening drop of the puck. You know, he looked like he had a little bit of extra jump in his step. Um, Obviously got two big goals. Um, early in the game to give him that lead. And, you know, he's the closest, I think, that this team has to an elite player up front at this particular time. Like a lot's been made about the fact that this team needs elite talent up front. And I agree. I agree with everybody who said they need elite forward talent. That's the way that they're going to really be able to complete this rebuild is by getting somebody elite up front to go with the guys that they've already got. The closest that they've got, I think is Suzuki. You could argue Caulfield as well in his own right, more as a goal scorer. Nick Suzuki is a little bit more well-rounded. And we saw in in this game that, you know, when it's not Caulfield putting the puck in the net, you got to watch out for Nick Suzuki. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't really have much else to say about him in that game. I thought it was a fantastic performance. Good to see him uh, coming that strong out of the All-Star game. And um, very impressed with him. You know, that, that, that second goal was from an absolutely shit angle. And still, he manages to get that thing in. Um, obviously, goalie's down and out. Lindgren was—he uh, <laughs> was swimming on that one, but it was still not an easy one for uh, Nick Suzuki to put in the net, and he managed to do it. And uh, he was—he was just on that night. He came very close to getting the hat trick as well in uh, the third period there. Uh, but he was playing unselfish hockey, and uh, you know, it was just—he's doing what a captain does. And um, I think that was a fantastic game. I think we should be proud of him. Uh, for that effort and proud of the fact that uh, he was able to go and represent uh, the Habs well at All Star Weekend. Uh, number two and a very close number two. Uh, I like that's why I'm not giving them first, second, or third star for this one because I, I really think that this performance was right on the same level as uh, as as Nick Suzuki. So it was Yuri Slavkovsky, of course. How good has Yuri Slavkovsky gotten this season? This is a different player, a completely different player, and the crazy thing is. He hasn't even turned 20 yet. He doesn't turn 20 until the end of next month. His birthday is like March 30th. He has turned his game around from last year in such a huge way. And I I think it's it's gotten to a point where I was thinking about it earlier. And, you know, saying that he turned his game around, which is something that I've said many times, is kind of a dumb thing to say on my part because I keep forgetting that he's not even 20 years old yet. He's still developing. And he's developing in the NHL. And he missed a lot of time last year due to injury. And obviously took that time to really work on his game. One of the things that I noticed, like put aside the two goals for a second in that game, right? He went behind his own net at one point to go get a puck, all right? And Tom Wilson's bearing down on him. And one thing that's been great about Slavkovsky this season is that he's been keeping his head up more. So he's very aware of his surroundings. He can see when other players are coming at him and brace for hits. He saw Tom Wilson coming and still went after that puck, made a play on it, got it out of harm's way, and took a big hit from Tom Wilson as a result. Now, you could argue, I don't want to see him taking those hits, but guess what? It's hockey. You're going to take some fucking hits one way or another. Um, The important thing is that you're able to see those hits, that you're able to brace for those hits, and also that you're willing to take those hits to make some plays because you're going to have to at some point. And you know what? He had to there, and he went and he did it. And then later in that game, He took that hit from Wilson in the second period. In the third period, he takes over the fucking game. Takes over. Takes that drop pass from Evans. It's just beautiful toe-drag release. Nuts. Absolutely nuts, the release on that shot. It looked like nothing. I mean, he had a defender right on him, but he used the defender as a screen. um, Could barely even see around him and still managed to snipe that thing. Just a wonderful shot. Changed the release angle. Man, that's, that's everything that you teach goal scorers to do. Changing the release angle, using defenders as a screen. Um he he got rid of it quickly too, which is another problem that he had early in the season was where he was holding on to pucks a little bit too long or he was tentative and he didn't want to shoot. Now he's starting to like develop that confidence where uh he knows that he can put the puck in the net and he's willing to 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 take some of the looks that are available to him. Um just great. And then on the power play, you know, Mike Matheson all season long, everybody's been yelling about it on Twitter. Matheson never passes it to Slavkovsky, where he sure he sure did there. He sold his shot really well, slid it over to him, and then Slavkovsky, money. And that should invite a guy like Matheson, or whoever ends up in his place, should Mike Matheson end up being traded, to pass him the puck more. It should incite the coaching staff to draw up more plays to get him shots in that spot standing at the face off dot he obviously likes it there he goes there a lot he gets himself open he keeps his feet moving and he makes himself available and because Cole Caulfield's on the other side there's a lot of attention over there All the eyes are over on Cole Caulfield because they're worried about the shot coming from that side. This is going to open up more opportunities for Cole Caulfield. And sure, as God's got sandals, it is going to open up plenty of opportunities for Uri Slavkovsky himself. So um, really a fantastic game from him. And those two alone, like before I get to number three on my players of the game, those two alone, that should be enough for you, Team Tank. I'm talking to you again to say this was an acceptable win even though it goes against the tank, it's an acceptable win because the fact that those two guys were able to score four goals, so even if you take away the Pizzetta goal, they still would have been able to win that game just in the back of those four goals. The fact that those two players are able to score enough to win a game despite the fact that the team around them is basically comprised of AHL players is a fucking ace in the hole for this rebuild. Those two guys, are you can build around them. It, just keep going, Kent. Build around those two guys. They, they can do it for you if you build around them. Excellent news. So number three in your players of the game, no surprise, Samuel Montembeau. Um, again, I, I would probably put his performance on par with the other two that I already talked about. Um, he played great in that game. Um, all I have to say about Samuel Montembeau is that if this team is going to trade a goaltender, which they are expected to do before the deadline, don't trade him. Uh I think I've said this before, but I've I've become more solidified in my belief that he is not the goaltender you should trade. He's probably the goaltender that gets you the best return because he's clearly the best of the three, but don't trade him. Hang on to him. I think you've maybe got, I don't know, I, I hesitate to say six, but maybe you've got four or five more really good seasons out of a guy his age. Right, he's just coming into his own. It's like two seasons now where he's looked like a legitimate starter. So, really, you could say he's kind of just getting started now. Goaltenders, their primes—it's hard to say how long they last. You know, if an injury comes up, it could really derail your prime. I mean, Carey Price, for all we all expected him to still be playing at a very high level right now, and he's not. So, it's hard to say how long a goaltender can last, but. You look at how well he's playing right now. I I would say it's not a stretch to say they could have five or six more really good seasons out of him. So you keep him, and then you hope that he can last you until Jacob Fowler is ready, if in fact Jacob Fowler is going to be that next guy. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be ready to compete at some point while Samuel Montembeau is still doing what he's doing right now. So do not trade him. Do not trade him. Trade one of the other two guys. Please. Please, Kent. I'm begging you. Don't trade this guy. He's too fun. He made a crazy save in the third period um, where it was a bit of a busted play. Or was that in the second period? I can't remember. Anyways, the the highlight's up on my Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. And they had, uh, I think it was Ovechkin coming in. He slides the puck across. I forget who took the shot, but he had to come all the way across, make the save. His bucket got knocked off, and then he just stands up afterwards and calmly readjusts his hair as the ref blows the whistle. Like um, He's just... He's got ice in his veins in there, man. And um, he, he played a great game and, you know, very deserving of a player the game mentioned. Really, he was deserving of an all star spot as well. And they kind of robbed him of that. So, you know, fuck you, NHL. You don't have your dumb all star weekend. You don't want to bring my guy as a goaltender. Um, look, great game. Um, overall, overall great game. I mean, what more can you really say about that effort? Like, they, again, tend to be kind of shitty when they've got a few days off. They didn't this time. They played very well. Um, The one thing that I think you you need to take into account is that Washington is not a a great team this season. Um, I'm not going to sit here and celebrate a win over them like it means something super important or anything like that. It's, you know, it's a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs, but thinks they still have a chance at making the playoffs. And the Habs embarrassed them in the first period, embarrassed themselves in the second period, and then recovered in the third. So, Um, overall I just I I, I like the fact that they didn't sit on their lead for too long and I like the fact that they got good performances from young players that are key pieces for this team moving forward so I think it's uh, good news good news Now, they do have another break coming up now because they're going to be playing their next game on Saturday. So we'll see if they can uh, repeat with another good effort like that coming out of a little bit of a break. Uh, Little update for you guys as far as the channel is concerned, as far as the bottom six minutes is concerned. Saturday, I do believe, is going to be the first time that I'm going to be putting an episode out with a video version on YouTube so if you're interested in that, um, keep keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I'll be posting it uh, along with my channel on uh, Habs Eyes and the Prize uh, after the game on Saturday, which is an afternoon game. It's at two p.m. Eastern, so uh, should be early enough in the day for it to be uploaded before everybody goes to bed. And if you really want to watch me watch my face or my <laughs> see me in my office ranting about the game, uh, you'll be able to do that. And if you don't, it will still be up as it always is uh, on the regular channels. So. Um, with that being said we are running what over 20 minutes. So c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT drop me a follow I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you as always for listening and of course à la prochaine.
0: Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content, and Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.